When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. North on AM 1500 KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis. 94.5 KSTP FM St. Paul HD2. And on scorenorth.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. Welcome, welcome, welcome into Purple Daily. I am very excited for today's show. We have Sage Rosenfels reporting live from the NFL Combine, where I will join him tomorrow. And that is where we want to start our show today. Sage, what is going on in Indianapolis, Indiana? Uh, Well, currently, most of the players, uh, I should say running backs, offensive linemen, looks like place kickers. They flew in mostly last night. Today, they are doing a lot of uh, tests at the the local uh, clinics with MRIs and, and X-rays and, and these these you know dealing with these injuries from this from their seasons and their careers uh, and then as the the week progresses they start getting into the interviews uh, and then obviously the workouts and those things and so I believe quarterbacks arrive tomorrow uh, but it starts out today running backs and offensive linemen are the key players there here in Indy today. All right, so tell me, Sage, your first couple hours as a professional reporter, so you're moving on from just media personality. This is the next step for you, and now you're a real reporter. You approached people. You interviewed them. How does it feel? Well, it's interesting because, one, I've never really been on the other side of the interview. I've always been sort of the color or the analyst or you know answering the questions that are asked to me, but now trying to ask questions to other people, it's not uh, as easy as it seems or, or as it looks. And so it, I've, I've got a couple uh, interviews so far, a couple running backs, one David Montgomery, uh, obviously my guy from Iowa State, just ran into him at the, the Players Hotel, uh, and a guy named uh, Travis Homer from the uh, University of Miami, Miami Hurricane. So I saw those guys, they were grabbing some breakfast and had a chance to steal uh, five minutes. And obviously as the day goes on and more people filter in, uh, I believe I'll be interviewing more people. So uh, I'm going to see Tom Pelissaro uh, here in a couple hours, and a lot of media people are really uh, flying in today. So I was listening back to your interview, and we'll play it uh, here with the two running backs, and I was thinking, you know, Sage, you went to the Combine yourself. You played in the National Football League for a very long time, and the best you could come up with was, hey, how fast are you guys going to run? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's an important question. Listen, the, this this uh, uh, this combine, the NFL combine, 
it's not football. You don't even, and that's the thing is my career ended in college on December 28th. We had our bowl game. Uh, I flew down to New Orleans and started training uh, on January 2nd. And for basically those seven weeks, and other than the week I went to the senior bowl, uh, but for basically those seven weeks, the training was different than anything I'd ever really done before. It was not like training uh, as we did at Iowa State. You weren't really trying to get ready to play football. You were trying to get ready for a track meet. Uh, and for the running backs, the, the track meet is that 40-yard dash. If you come out here and run a four six five. Good luck going on, you know, the first couple of days. So you go out here and run a, a four five five or a four four eight. Uh, man, you're, you're talking about guys that could be you know, possibly drafted in the, in the, in the early uh, early rounds. And so that number for a running back of all the numbers, uh, you know, the, the the speed. The NFL teams are sort of obsessed with the speed, in particular at the running back position. Sage Rosenfels is in Indianapolis. Joins us here. You're listening to Purple Daily with me, Matthew Collar, Manny here, uh, Hill here as well. Now, uh, Sage, in 2001, when you attended the NFL Combine, you ran a solid 47440, and you were in the uh, higher percentiles of a lot of categories, according to the website Mock Draftable. I want you to guess the quarterback that your athletic profile most compares to because you actually played with this quarterback. Do you got a guess? Oh, that is a really good question. Well, I believe I scored better than like a Matt Schaub. Uh, I believe I did better than him. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know that question. I, I do know I, I was really happy with my numbers. Uh, I always thought, thought of myself as a sort of a sneaky good athlete. Uh, and uh, you know, I was a pretty good basketball player and then played multiple sports. And so I sort of knew I put up some decent numbers, uh, but uh, yeah, I was surprised at how bad athletes and how poor runners some of these quarterbacks were. I remember a couple of guys you know, running 5'1", 5'2", 40s. I really couldn't believe it. So you ran a 4.74. You also had a 34-inch vertical jump, which means you must have been a decent dunker. Like in basketball, six foot five. More of a well, more of a one foot dunker than a two foot dunker. And by the way, the I weighed two twenty eight, and I didn't weigh two twenty eight until the end of my actual playing career. That's really interesting. I actually drank a gallon of water <laughs> right before my weigh, and uh, people don't know water weighs eight pounds for a gallon. So oh I, I weighed two. I woke up at two twenty. I had an eight o'clock weigh in. Uh, would you walk into this room? You're just in your shorts. They look at your body. I think they may even take a couple of pictures of your upper body. Uh, and then they weigh you, and then they go measure your hands, and you're in front of all these scouts and people taking down the numbers. It's a very – it sort of feels like you're at an auction. Uh, but I drank a, a gallon of water right before I walked into that meeting because – or right before that weigh-in because I, need, I wanted to get – I didn't want to be the skinny quarterback. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to be a little bit – you know, known to be a little bit bigger pocket-passing guy. And I also I knew I didn't have to run – uh, believe uh, and do all that the 40 stuff for at least 24 if not 36 hours later so i felt that water be out of my system by then the answer by the way to the quarterbacks you most compare to athletically david carr is the one that you most compare oh. to in terms of your combine results that. uh jason campbell as well so those are some those are some pretty good names some guys who had uh careers and david carr was a pretty good yep. athlete well, what's interesting is I, I think of David Carr as a really good athlete, and I don't see, I don't think of Jason Campbell as a guy that was super athletic. I guess he was probably a pretty good athlete, but he was more of a pocket passer and just didn't run as much as Carr, who seemed to be scrambling all the time. So Campbell was about the same size as you, same height and weight, and ran a four seven two. So a, that's probably where that uh, comparison comes from. So, and I will say that's probably a guy that was. 
I, I believe, was he a first-rounder? I believe he was a first-rounder, but probably ended up being a journeyman backup quarterback for the second half of his career. Yes. So how much water then is Kyler Murray trying to drink as he goes into this weigh-in? Because the comparisons with him and Russell Wilson, where they end, is the weight that Russell Wilson was like 215, 220, is very thick, though short. And there are some worries about Kyler Murray being able to handle the NFL punishment if he only weighs 195 pounds. So I, I would imagine that he's been thinking of some of the same tactics to try and fill himself with water or sneak some batteries in the pockets. Well, he obviously he has to be over 200 pounds, in my opinion. And I, I did read something this morning that, that Russell Wilson has gained about 10 pounds since he's been in the NFL. He only weighed oh, 206, 208 at the Combine. And now it's more in that 215, 220 range. And so, yeah, that's the easy comparison. Shorter guy who does run around a little bit and is a playmaker. Uh, but, you know, obviously Russell Wilson, just looking at him, he looks like a thicker quarterback. So, yeah, Kyler Murray, he better weigh in at 200, uh, you know, 205. I, I actually can see if he came at, you know, 194, people thinking this guy is not going to last for a long time. When you draft a quarterback in the first round, you're talking about a decade, 12, 15 years. You, I, I don't know the, the last time a 195-pound quarterback – I don't know what Fran Tarkington weighed back in the day, but I don't know what the last time a 195-pound quarterback uh, uh, lasted in the NFL for you know for a dozen years. Sage Rosenfels joining us from Indianapolis at the NFL Combine. So when you went into the rooms to have meetings with teams – what was that like? We Every year we hear about some ridiculous question that gets asked. Joe Thomas said on his podcast that people would ask whether he'd rather be a dog or a cat. <laughs> uh, was there any of that for you, and what were those like for a quarterback? I don't. You know, my you know, basic memories of the combine uh, that were not the workouts and the weigh-ins and those things, uh, one, uh, the hotel is the Crown Plaza, and it's sort of part train station. It's an old train station, and I actually stayed – uh, now you have a roommate with, uh, I believe, the defensive lineman from Alabama, and I actually slept in a train car. <laughs> they somehow converted about 10 train cars into, uh, you know, I think 20 rooms, two, two rooms per train car. And that was uh, uh, my hotel for the, I mean, what a strange experience that was. But, yeah, for these interviews, uh, you know, sometimes you're just interviewing with a quarterback's coach. Sometimes it's a coordinator. And then I do uh, you know, very distinctly recall the Kansas City Chiefs when I was here. Uh, they, uh, they had acquired uh, Trent Green yet from the, from the, from the St. Louis Rams. Uh, after, you know, this is after the Kurt Warner uh, you know, rise to stardom. Uh, and so they were really looking for a quarterback. And, and in that interview, it was the entire uh, you really you know, top of that organization. I mean, from uh, you know, Peterson, the GM, uh, you know, had Dick Vermeil, the head coach, the coordinator, you know, quarterback coach, you know, probably all the offensive staff uh, was in that room. Uh, and obviously, you know, being an Iowa State guy, just right down the road, you know, that, that obviously it was fairly easy for them to sort of follow that Iowa State was having a pretty good year that year, you know, back in 2000. So that was probably the most intimidating of all the experiences. You know, some of these interviews lasted, it seemed like, for 10 or 15 minutes, and some just seemed to go on for an hour. Uh, and uh, But, yeah, you have all these sort of runners, these, you know, these, these, these interns or whatever at the organization trying to grab different people uh, because they have this checklist of who, what coach wants to interview who. 
uh, it, it can be a bit chaotic. I think it's a little bit more streamlined now, but uh, yeah, it is, it, you know, from the moment you wake up until the moment you go to bed at night, uh, you're either, you know, working out, getting weighed, or doing a ton of these interviews. Were, were you getting asked to be on a whiteboard and go through your film and things like that? Or was it more of just sort of a psychological type of testing where they want to ask you a bunch of questions about yourself? We didn't do anything uh, in that situation uh, where we actually watched my film. When, you know, after the combine, there are these private workouts where, where teams will actually come to your school. Again, for quarterbacks, you know, Kevin Stefanski and, and young Clint Kubiak, they'll actually be going and visiting some quarterbacks or whoever at the, at their actual schools, working out in their indoor facility, give them a good workout, and then watch film with them. That's when that usually occurs. Uh, a couple teams, I, I was on the whiteboard trying to describe some of the, the plays that we ran and what my reads were and, you know, if we talked about protections and those types of things. And so some teams did that. There's also this whole other aspect of, these psychological tests that some teams put you, put you through. And the New York Giants are uh, probably the most famous in the league. That they have been giving uh, players a about a 460-question test that takes you hours uh, to do. Uh, and, I, you know, no one really knows why they do that many questions. Some people say, you know, there's probably questions there at the beginning that are the same as questions at the end, and they want to see if you – are, you know, can focus for a long time and you, you'll answer honestly the, the same answers. Uh, you know, so there's a, there's a, again, you know, it's not just the interviews, it's also these sort of psychological tests that these various teams put you through. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot to psychological testing and then it goes like too far. It's the same with like arm length. There's something to that for a left tackle that if he's got really long arms, it can help him with guys who are trying to rush around the edge or cornerbacks who can reach up and deflect balls because they have long arms. But then if you're judging so much on that or if you're judging so much on whether a guy wants to be a cat or a dog, I think that you're probably overthinking this entire process, wouldn't you say? Well, uh, well, listen, I think a couple of things. One, you know, football is different than the other sports, different than tennis, different than basketball, where they have these real fine skills. You know, the shooting of a basketball, dribbling, all those things are more important than, you know, arm length or how high a guy can jump and all those things. And you see that when you watch me play basketball or golf or tennis. Football, strength, speed, power, uh, leverage, all those aspects uh, of the game are extremely important, and there's fewer sort of fine skills. And so, you know, they're looking for every measurement they can think of. Uh, and as, as we're sitting here talking, and we we're just talking about Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson, that is going to be actually an interesting conversation. Because you'll see that this week on Twitter, that Kyler Murray's hands are much smaller than Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson has some of the biggest hands uh, in the NFL for quarterbacks, despite being you know, one of the shorter quarterbacks, if not the shortest quarterback in the league. And I believe people are concerned Kyler Murray's hands uh, are, are pretty small. And so I will say that as a quarterback, you know, Dante Culpepper had small hands. He was still a pretty dang good player for a number of years, but it really does help. And, you know, when you're playing in, in Chicago or, or Green Bay in, in December, having bigger hands does help you spin the ball more, uh, does help you grip the ball, uh, you know, stronger, and does usually help quarterbacks if you have bigger hands. Favre had huge hands. Uh, you know, when I played with him. Uh, and so, you know, it was it, it, the, some of those Lalo's measurements are important. They're looking for that arm length for defensive ends. They love the guys who have lanky arms and, uh, and, and again, can get leverage and get around the corner and do sorts of things. So, yeah, every position is different, and it is really interesting. It is the, you know, the football Olympics here in Indianapolis this week, and uh, it's going to be fun the next couple of two days to, to cover it. 
Sage Rosenfels joining us from Indianapolis. You know who has gigantic hands while we're on the subject is Stefan Diggs. He's about three inches shorter than me, but his hands are twice the size of my hands. It's like this doesn't even make sense. It's like he's wearing Mickey Mouse gloves or something. Like how do you have how do you have these gigantic mitts with that body? But uh, it is funny. Like Daniil Hunter has these arms that go down to like his ankles. Like how did that happen genetically? Um, but but it's sort it, it, it is it, sort it, of it it is. It is amazing, uh, and again, I, you know, playing in college football, playing for all these NFL teams, you have guys from all over the country, and just, you know, the NFL locker room again different than an NBA locker room. Occasionally, has somebody under six foot, but you know, for the most part, all these really long, tall, lanky guys. But mm-hmm. NFL locker room, there's sort of there's a spot for everybody. I mean, there's, if you're a five foot seven person, you can you can be a kicker. Or a punter, right? There's a spot for you in the NFL. You could be 350 pounds. You can be super fast at 185. Uh, it, it is pretty amazing. There's all sizes and types in the NFL. But having long arms, as Daniil Hunter does, and having big hands, as Stefan Diggs does, those things actually are important. I did look it up, and this is just the magic of the Internet. 87th percentile hand size for Stefan Diggs. If everyone out there was wondering what is the percentile of hand size Stefan Diggs has. Uh, say, Sage, what, what are we looking for? I'm going to be joining you there tomorrow, and we will talk with Rick Spielman and then Mike Zimmer on Thursday. What are you interested in most at the NFL Combine as it pertains to the Minnesota Vikings? Well, I was going to say for uh, for the score to pick up my meals uh, in the evening, that's probably, I'm looking forward to that a lot. Uh, you know, that was I not part of the agreement, I don't think. <laughs> when, we were ta- when, when we're talking about the Vikings, you know, I, I think obviously we're going to be talking about offensive linemen. We're going to be, you know, over the course of the next few months studying guards and tackles and, you know, how that whole equation works out. You know, where does Riley Reese go? Does he stay at tackle? Does he move to guard? Do, do they... Uh, you know, trim guys, mad guys. There's free agency coming up really in just a couple of weeks here. So, you know, that's going to be a major position. I think tight end uh, is obviously a spot that I think the Vikings could use somebody with a little more vertical presence. You know, they, they talked about using more fullback more. Uh, you know, that means, that, you know, maybe not a third wide receiver. So we're talking about, you know, two tight end sets and a fullback or, or, or you know, two tight end sets with two wide receivers with, with Thielen and Diggs on the outside. That would be a nice spot to sort of have that third uh, threat, uh, you know, vertically down the field. Rudy doesn't really give him that that threat anymore. Still a very good underneath guy. Still a guy who can find some space and obviously a pretty good blocker. So I think that's the position that we look at as well. Offensive line, tight end, the big boys up front. I don't think we'll study running backs too much. Uh, obviously, we, you know, with with, uh, with Alvin Cook, uh, I think I think a young superstar if he can be healthy. We'll see what they do with Latavius Murray if they're looking for another, you know, another guy. I liked what the the third and fourth guy did last year more in the preseason. So, uh, you know, these first couple of days, obviously, offensive line, tight ends, those are important positions for the Minnesota Vikings. All right, Sage, you have interviews to do. You're doing very important and impressive reporting in Indianapolis for the rest of the day. So, you're going to catch up with Tom Pelissero from NFL Network, and then uh, you and I will get together tomorrow. So, thanks for stopping in. We will, and I want to report also it's 45 degrees sunny, and there's no snow. And I was just in Minnesota <laughs> yesterday, and that is different than there. So looking forward to seeing you tomorrow, Matt. Wait, you got out of Minnesota yesterday? I drove. Uh, it took me nine hours to drive from Minnesota to Omaha, and then I got to the airport and flew directly to Indy. That was my, that was my entire day uh, yesterday. It Pretty exciting. four degrees and snowing here, so maybe uh, 45 will feel really, really nice when I get there tomorrow. Uh, thanks, Sage. We will talk soon. Sounds good.
Sage Rosenfels there, former NFL quarterback, Purple Podcast co-host, and now intrepid reporter in Indianapolis, giving you all the details of two running backs that then he said the Vikings won't draft. That's who he's interviewed so far. He's <laughs> He's got some work like, to I'm do. I'm going to talk to these guys, but yeah, the Vikings aren't going to draft he them. Said, he said, uh, I saw two running backs sitting at the bar waiting for a burger, so I interviewed them. <laughs> well, that's... That is how it's done. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. how it's done. So we will bring you Sage's first attempt at interviewing it. Maybe we'll just rip it apart. But it's it's really not as bad as I'm making it sound. But it just makes me laugh of like, this guy, I can't tell you how smart Sage Rosenfels is about um, football. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, in, it's incredible. It blows my mind. Like, we talk all the time on the podcast, and I'll send him some film clips and different plays and things to tell me what's going on. And he does a quarterback camp with Sean McVay where some of the best young high school quarterbacks come to his camp. He teaches them how to read defenses and what they're going to have to know for the next level. And then he goes up to two potential NFL prospects and says, how fast are you going to run? (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That's great. So uh, we're spending our money wisely sending Sage to the combine. (laughs) And... He and I will be doing the whole show from there tomorrow, so I'm looking forward to that. So we're going to play you Sage's attempt at an interview when uh, we come back. And then uh, later on in Score North Live, he is going to talk with Tom Pelissero from the uh, Combine. And coming up at 1 o'clock, I'm very, very excited about this. The all-quarterback draft. It'll be me, Manny, Rami, Phil, and Judd will all be in here. I'm putting together my draft board already. You got I'm, your I'm draft just, board I'm going? I'm chomping at the bit already. You got the magnets. That's uh, what... Rick Spielman always talked about putting the magnets on the board, and then now they have like a super ridiculously expensive touch board thing that they're they're very happy with. Well, it is, I mean, the way it was described, and I saw it in use once when we took a tour of the facility last year, the thing is amazing. Like, you can click somebody's name on this giant touch board that takes up a whole room, and then uh, clips of their film and their scouting reports and things just come up. So if they're having some sort of debate or conversation and want a refresher as they're going along, they can just click it. And last year, Spielman was asked about it. I think it was either after they had drafted Mike Hughes or before. I don't remember which. And he talked for like nine minutes in a row about how much he loved this board. <laughs> so it was great. It's like the old John Hammond in uh, Jurassic Park line, spared no expense. Yeah. he that, Well, that is TCO Performance Center for sure. Um, <laughs> but uh, that'll, that'll be at use. Uh, Sage and I uh, and, and us for the QB drafts will have to be using still with our magnets. So you're putting together your board. We're going to draft from all the current quarterbacks and draft eligible quarterbacks to form quarterback teams. That is our goal from 1 to 2 today. So that'll be a lot of fun, and uh, people can make fun of us and our bad picks on Twitter and things like that. So we'll take a quick break. We will hear Sage's first uh, try at being a real reporter when we come back and talk about my list of things to look for at the NFL Combine for Vikings fans for this week. So we'll talk about that next here on Purple Daily. Score North Live with Matthew Collar. Live afternoons 2 to 4. Collar loves sports. He knows stuff. Score North Live with Matthew Collar. With a cast of pals who know sports, breaking down the hot sports topics of the day. Sports talk and your thoughts. And live guests. Score North Live with Matthew Collar. Live afternoons 2 to 4. Score North. 
scorenorth.com. Minnesota sports, this is home. Score North. Minnesota sports, anytime, anywhere. Scorenorth.com. Back here on Purple Daily, Matthew Collar with you. Manny Hill is producing. Courtney Cronin, usually on the show, is traveling to Indianapolis. We talked to her yesterday, and she said she is on call. If we need her, if something breaks, if there's big news, then she will be in the car, and she can jump on. So that's where Courtney is right now. We will see her tomorrow, and uh, also she's prepared to do our first Draft simulations. We don't do mock drafts here on the show. We do draft simulations. There is a website called the Draft Network, where if you go to their website, it says something like mock drafts, and you pick the players for a team, and it will pick the rest of them based on the Draft Network's board. So their draft analysts have put that together. So let's say you want to be the Vikings. It will draft the first 17 guys for you. Then you'll get to look what's on the board at 18. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple guys from the draft network that are going to join us when I get to Indianapolis to explain how this works. But it's a lot of fun. It's like stupid fun. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I simulated the draft for the Vikings the first three rounds because I haven't gotten into the deep deep, deep weeds to know who the fourth and fifth round picks are yet. Mm. But know the first rounders and second rounders, basically. So I did those, and I came out a lot with tight ends. It's supposed to be a really good tight end draft, and so many times the best guy on the board was a tight end. But uh, Sage Rosenfels is in Indianapolis. If you missed our conversation with him, check that out at scorenorth.com. So he was walking around trying to find people to interview, as reporters do at the Combine, and he bumped into two running backs sitting together having lunch, Travis Homer of Miami and David Montgomery of Iowa State, who Sage knows from going to Iowa State, and he attempted to interview them. And it's it's not a gag, like he actually interviewed them, but we're still going to make fun of him. So here it is. This is Sage Rosenfels with uh, Purple Podcast uh, and Score Radio. I'm here today with two running backs who are here uh, the first day at the Combine here for some testing. Here with Travis Homer, University of Miami Hurricane, and David Montgomery from my Iowa State Cyclones. Uh, bring them back to prominence the last couple of years. It's been a lot of fun to watch. Uh, these guys looking forward to seeing how they do the next few days. Uh, tell me your first thoughts and, and what you're thinking about uh, to accomplish here uh, let's start with you, David, over the next uh, a couple of days here in Indianapolis. Yeah, uh, first off, it's cold, obviously, but I'm used to it because Ames gets cold. But uh, what I really want to accomplish is like showing people who I really am, getting to know who kind of guy I am, what kind of character I have, and, um, you know, just show who I am. Really, that's really what I want to accomplish and, and go and be able to show. Like the work that I've put in for the last couple of weeks preparing for for this week here. So, yeah, you guys uh, told me you guys are working out in Boca. Uh, so obviously Indianapolis, Ames, Iowa, a little bit different. Miami Hurricanes, though. Uh, you know, over here with you, Travis. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts? Uh, obviously, you know, a lot of Miami guys over the years have been. It's one of the best schools for drafting guys in the NFL. Hasn't been as many guys as late. Uh, but, you know, what are your thoughts? Uh, again, things you want to accomplish the next couple of days, uh, you know, your, 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 your workout times, your, your, your interviews. What are the, what, what's the number one thing you want to get done? 
Uh, it's along the same lines as David. Just I want to be able to show everyone exactly who I am as a person and that, you know, there's more to me than just football. But, of course, I want to show them that my love for the game and just how much it is important in my life. Now, David, you just described, described to me what type of running back you think you are, what you bring to the table. Yeah, um, I think I'm pretty unique myself as far as how I run. Um, I, I don't run as I look, I guess you'd say. Like, I look like a very powerful back. Yes, I'm very powerful, but um, I feel as I'm very shifty as well. So, um, yeah, I think I'll bring a lot to the next level as far as what I can do for a team, and I'm just excited to see what happens. And what, what about you? I know a lot of people see me as a speed type of guy, but I won't be afraid to put my shoulder down into you. Yeah. Uh, well, with the NFL's, you know, not, nowadays it seems like there's fewer and fewer what they would call, I guess, a premier back or a three-down back. You know, maybe you two sometime will be in the backfield on one of these teams and sharing a little bit of the time. You know, what are your thoughts about that on, on playing a position that you know a lot of people say you know you get around 30 years old. Uh, a lot of times your career starts to wind down from all the hits. What are your thoughts on that coming into now, sort of stepping into that as a as a as a two B rookie? Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. I mean, but I think as time goes, you never know what's destined to happen. Whatever happens, it happens. You know. That's, but if you look at every other position, I mean, other positions wind down. They get you know tired in the old too. So. Um, you know, football obviously has an end, but that's what you do with it when you have the time to do it. You know, Travis, are there certain teams uh, that really intrigue you, that are really looking for backs you think would fit your style, their type of offenses that you've watched in the NFL over the last few years? Uh, I'm just going to be ready to play for whoever picks me up. No matter what, I'm going to be able to change what I do so I can fit the offense. And, you know, lastly, uh, 40 times. What are you guys expecting the runs? David, let's start with you. What do you expect to run a 40 time? Um, well, we haven't really been timing, so I'm really just going out there to run as fast as I can run. I mean, uh, whatever the clock says or whatever shows up, that's what it'll be. What it'll be. Just run fast. <laughs> Just run fast. fast. You guys been training on the beach in, in Boca, trying to get some extra sand work in? Yeah, we've been doing it all. Um, everything from beaches to, you know, uh, making sure we rehab it prop- properly and doing everything the right way. So uh, I think we've prepared for this moment pretty well. Would you guys feel like uh, your workouts over the course of the last, well, I guess, about seven weeks since a lot of your seasons have ended uh, are different than your college workouts, more like you're preparing for a track meet than actually to play football? Yeah, I could definitely feel that in my body. Just I'm more recovered than usual, and just that we're working on speed, and, you know, Tony did a great job with us down there. Yeah, I would say say the same with likewise as far as how we prepare. Um, it's definitely different, and the intensity is definitely different as well. It's not more of a hammer, 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 go hard, go hard. It's like the intensity is in the recovery. Um, being able to recover properly, um, being able to sleep and heal the way you need to heal so that you can prepare for this moment. Well, David, uh, Travis, thanks for coming on the Purple Podcast today, coming on uh, the radio up here in Minneapolis, and good luck today, and good luck over the course of the next three days, and really good luck hopefully over the next uh, 10 to 12 years in the NFL. Thank you. Sage Rosenfels reporting, interviewing Travis Homer, a running back for Miami, and David Montgomery, running back for Iowa State. Now, we need to break that down quickly. Uh, asking them if they're running fast is great. Like, <laughs> are, do you plan on running fast for the 40? Uh, I also thought it was great that Travis Homer, who is known as kind of a quick speed 
uh, change of pace type of back who actually might interest the Vikings down the draft board as they're starting to look for those types of guys of yeah. Uh, who can take that spot, who can uh, help out Delvin Cook a little bit. Travis Homer is a name to keep an eye on. He averaged six yards a carry this year as sort of a number two back and gained almost a 1,000 yards and then caught some passes out of the backfield. And David Montgomery will probably go a little bit higher than where uh, the Vikings would want to take a running back considering they have Delvin Cook. Um, but he, <laughs> Travis Homer said, hey, I'm not afraid to to lower my shoulder. And Sage goes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sure, buddy. Fantastic. Uh, moving on. <laughs> you guys, uh, you guys running in the sand down there? It's probably pretty nice. Like, why did Sage keep asking them about the weather? <laughs> he was he was here yesterday, and he can't stop talking about like, oh, my hammy, the beach and running. That's nice, right? <laughs> I'd say, stay on task. Stay on task. Ask them combine questions. He's a Midwestern guy, though. That's what we do in the Midwest. We just talk about talk the about weather. the weather. <laughs> yeah. When it's great, we talk about how great it is. When it's crap, then we just think about how crappy it is. And I instructed Sage when he's interviewing people to have the microphone as close as he could have the to their face. Um, and clearly he did not do that with that interview. So I had to go through the audio file and then sort of boost up. So that's why some of the audio sounded like it was kind of the background noise being boosted up so you could hear the running back. So that is Sage Rosenfeld's first (laughs) attempt. So when athletes make fun of the media, like, ah, it's not as easy as you think going in, uh, interviewing random people that you Mm -hmm. don't know. So, uh, Sage will hopefully improve that when he talks to Tom Pelissero of NFL Network later today. And then we're going to have that on the Score North show. Um, but I wanted to go through a few things that I am going to be looking for when I travel to the Combine. And that Sage and I are going to be discussing on tomorrow's Score North Live show from 2 to 4. Quarterbacks is a good conversation, Manny. Mm-hmm. Because Kyler Murray is one of the most interesting prospects at the quarterback position. I want to say since Johnny Manziel. Don't you think? I mean, yeah, last year there was the Josh Allen intrigue because of his massive arm, but we've seen that before. Mm -hmm. Manziel was the undersized playmaker with amazing stats and wins against Alabama and a cocky attitude. that Made a lot of plays off script. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And especially his attitude put people off and also intrigued some other people that, you know, maybe you need a little bit of cockiness if you're going to succeed in the NFL. I don't think they could have realized that he was going to do a lot of cocaine. I also don't think they realized that he wasn't going to try to learn football because there are a lot of quarterbacks who come in that are behind. Remember when uh, Cam Newton went on Gruden's camp and Gruden said, give me some terminology from your offense. And Cam was like, well, we don't really have the traditional terminology. We just kind of have these one-word plays. Mm-hmm. And some people are like, oh, no, Cam doesn't know NFL terminology. And then he comes out, and he's fantastic as a rookie and and goes to a Super Bowl and, and so forth. So that's not that huge of a deal if they don't. But you got to be willing to catch up, and Johnny Mansell wasn't. Yep. Now, Murray offers some different type of intrigue because the height is a problem, the weight is a problem, but how many quarterbacks – can run a 4-5 or 4-4 and put up throwing numbers like that right. and have an MLB arm like he does. With Lamar Jackson, I understood the throwing concerns because when you watched him on tape, there were a lot of duck throws that he didn't step into and he mm-hmm. didn't have proper mechanics on. And my thought was, well, you know, this guy is such a great playmaker that he'll improve in these areas and 
you know, he can make up for some of that. Murray doesn't have that. He doesn't have any shortcomings. This guy makes throws. There's a certain throw that every scout looks for. And I am stealing this from Daniel Jeremiah's podcast because he used to be a scout. And he mm-hmm. brings this up all the time on Move the Sticks podcast. But when a team is playing cover two defense, it means that the cornerback stops and the uh, safety comes over the top. So there's this space where very few quarterbacks can make the throw. And Brett Favre would make it all the time. And a lot of the great arm quarterbacks can. And Kyler Murray makes this throw all the time for Oklahoma. So he's got this freak arm. He's got this freak athleticism. He's got a natural playmaking ability. And the two big questions are, how is his height going to impact him? And then does he actually want to play baseball if things don't go his way? Is he just going to say, ah, you know, whatever. Forget it. I'm not starting right away. I'm going to go play baseball. I think that's a legitimate concern, too. Yeah, and... You know, the because people talk about his size and his height, the height thing doesn't really concern me as much as maybe the weight does. Like, I think, you know, because you, you look at a guy like Russell Wilson, well, Russell Wilson was short too, but Russell Wilson was also strong, thick. His body is filled in. Like, he's, yep. you know, he was ready to step in and physically take a pounding if he has to tuck the ball and run sometimes. That's the only concern I have with Kyler Murray, but also. Collar, you look at the way they're protecting quarterbacks now, the yeah. way the rules are protecting quarterbacks, he's not really going to get, you know, if he's in the pocket, he's not going to get hit that much because they, the way they're protecting quarterbacks in the league now. And there was a study a few years back about mobile quarterbacks and whether they get hurt more often than quarterbacks who don't ever run. And I think we see from Kirk Cousins, though he has been uh, remarkably durable during his career, that statue quarterbacks get hit in the pocket all the time. Mm-hmm. The defensive ends are so quick, they're getting off the edge and they're in your grill pretty fast anyway. So whether you're a running quarterback or not, uh, it usually doesn't make a difference in terms of your chances to get hurt or not. It's a dangerous position regardless because you've got the ball in your hands all the time. But it's a great point that if you're picking a running quarterback, now is an era to do it because mm-hmm. A, they do get protected by the rules, and B, all these offensive minds, they know how to work around this. I think that's become pretty clear, even with Lamar Jackson last year. like His throwing was not the best. He made some really nice throws, but he also had some bad moments throwing the football. Mm-hmm. I expect that to improve, but they worked the offense around him and found a way to win a lot of football games because they just designed their offense to work to his strengths. And whoever drafts Kyler Murray, my guess would be they do the exact same. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if he was the number one overall pick and they decided to trade Josh Rosen away because Murray has such an incredibly high ceiling. And Pro Football Focus put out its draft grades for tracking all of the college football season last year. Mm -hmm. And Kyler Murray, all of his grades look just like Baker Mayfield's in terms of being way above everybody else. Like there isn't an area where he has a shortcoming in terms of his grades or in terms of his statistics. And when those things add up with the athleticism that he has, it's like it's, it would be really tough not to draft him number one. And I, Baker Mayfield is another one of those guys that you look at and you're thinking, wow, is he is he big enough? Does he have right. the height? You know, yeah. and then you you see him play and it's like <laughs> this guy's good. He's very good. And with him, there was a character concern as well. It goes under character concern for Kyler Murray. Just does he really want to play this game? Right. And and that's going to be a big deal because the amount of dedication required to be an NFL quarterback is outrageous. 
And you can't have one foot out the door thinking that if this doesn't go your way right away, you're just going to bail and go play baseball. So the concerns are understandable. And when you draft the guy at the top of the first round, then NFL teams are going to be expecting to make that their franchise player for a long time. And it really ruins franchises, as we've seen here with Christian Ponder. Mm -hmm. If you miss on that, it implodes your franchise for years. And it takes a very long time to recover when that happens. Even, I mean, you could even argue that Bridgewater and his knee, look what it did to the franchise in terms of them having to scramble to find quarterbacks. Had to give up a first-round pick to trade for Sam Bradford. Right, and then they go 13-3, and but that quarterback was not going to continue to do that, as he proved, with Case Keenum, and then you have to overpay for the free agent. Like, anytime one of these picks goes wrong, for whatever reason... It is a big problem. So that might cause Kyler Murray to drop. So he's somebody that could go number one, or he could go in the second round. If he goes into those hotel rooms to do the interviews and he tells everybody, well, look, I mean, I, I want to play football, but uh, if I don't like where I'm picked, then, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'll go back and play baseball. Like, if something like that happens, then he could definitely drop. And then Dwayne Haskins, I was grinding a little tape, Manny. You excited yeah, about that? Oh, yeah. You love when you grind the tape. Dwayne Haskins is just like Kirk Cousins. Just like him. He stands in the pocket, and he makes very nice and accurate throws, and he reads the field well, and if a guy's open, he's going to hit him. If anything else happens, it's not going well for Mm. Dwayne Haskins. It's fascinating. I mean, very conservative quarterback. That's why he didn't throw a ton of picks. He's he's a really interesting one to watch because... Somebody made a Dwayne Haskins comparison to uh, Jameis Winston. It was like, yeah, okay, I wonder where that one's coming from. They're the exact opposite. Oh, yeah. I, I can't imagine why they would make that comparison. <laughs> They're the exact opposite. My God. Haskins is a guy who won't be risky and won't make a wild throw. And Winston made way too many. Winston led the nation, I think, two years in a row in interceptions. Um, so I, I, I was watching him, and I would make that comparison to Cousins, which is a good and a bad thing. In a lot of ways, you I think he's a guy that you won't totally blow it on. Like if you pick him, you're going to get a pretty good quarterback. But if you pick Murray, there's a chance he could be a total bust because he doesn't care that much about football. Or a complete superstar. Exactly. And in today's <laughs> game, I mean, how many times will these people watch Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson? How many times will they watch these guys win games? Before they go, yeah, you know what? Maybe running for first downs is good. <laughs> maybe maybe that helps. Um, Might be a good idea to do that once in a while. So we got the all-quarterback draft coming up. We're going to have Rami and Judd Mackey in here. Manny and I will all have our teams. Hopefully aiming to draft four quarterbacks each to create our all-quarterback teams and draft eligible QBs are available. If you want to chime in with a thought, I've got a few more things that I wrote down for things I'm going to look for at uh, the NFL Combine, but if you want to chime in, 651-646-8255. You are listening to Purple Daily here on Score North. Score North. Minnesota sports. Anytime, anywhere. Scorenorth.com. Oh, you know, it's Combine time when we've got rumors. Oh, we love the rumors. Manny, do you want a rumor? I love rumors. I know you Rumors. Your guy, Marv Levy. Rumor. You're the guy with the rumor. (laughs) 
Uh, let's see. What band was it that did uh, the Rumors album? I'm sure there's a bunch of huge fans of that yelling at the radio right now, but I can't think of it. Lindsey Buckingham is the guitar player. What are we talking about? Yeah, I'm a hip-hop head. You know, oh, I yes, would have I, no idea. I know. You're a little out of the... I'm an idiot. <laughs> it's out of, it's out of my this. realm. I will, I'm going to find this out because I can't go without this being said. Somebody will be, angrily I would like, be tweet at us here in a minute. Fleetwood Mac. Oh, okay, yeah. Rumors. The favorite. We've got a rumor of football. Mm-hmm. And that is, Ian Rappaport says... John Ross, the wide receiver who set the fastest 40 time in combine history, is on the trade market. And he says, sources say the Bengals are shopping their former first round pick. A fresh start would be welcome by both parties, it sounds like. Are you interested in John Ross? Yeah. A little. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, maybe. I think it's, you know, one of the things that we were just talking about with Kyler Murray is the guy's weight and whether he can stay healthy. I mean, this is the NFL. It's an incredibly physical league, and it's not easy to stay healthy when you are getting beat up all the time. And it's usually the guys who pack on a little more muscle who can do it. And John Ross has been dinged up quite a bit, and he's only got 21 catches last year for 210 yards. Seven touchdowns, though. Yeah. Uh, But he played just three games in his first year, did play 13 games, had trouble getting on the field uh, last season. Maybe that would be a guy, if you wanted to get really creative, who you do things like they wanted to do or they didn't do with Cordero Patterson. You know, maybe you try to turn him into some sort of playmaker that mm-hmm. lines up in the slot and you run jet sweeps with him. And Just every, get the ball yeah, in his hands. Get the ball in his hands. Every once yep. in a while, you throw a bomb to the guy. Maybe that's what he's got to be. Some of these track runners, it just for whatever reason doesn't work out. And some guys it does. You know, Marquise Goodwin is the fastest human being I've ever seen. <laughs> Marquise Goodwin was literally an Olympian. And he played a game against Kansas City. And Jeff Toole was the quarterback. You have oh, no yeah. recollection of Jeff Toole, do you? I do, yeah. Washington State, right? Okay, that's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> you have recollection of Jeff Toole. That's incredible, man. He played for the Bills, yeah. He did, very briefly. Yeah. And he took the snap. And threw the ball up in the air just as high as he could. And Marquise Goodwin ran by the defender as fast as I have ever seen any human move his body on earth (laughs) and caught like a 50-yard touchdown. It made no sense. So John Ross is that fast, uh, but I don't know if that would even translate to being some type of playmaker. But do you know who was drafted after John Ross? So. John Ross was taken. and the ninth pick. The next pick. So the next pick was uh, 10th. Correct. 2017. No idea. Patrick Mahomes. Uh, <laughs> Cincinnati could have yeah. replaced Andy Dalton with Patrick Mahomes, and instead mm. they picked John Ross, who has 21 catches in two years. Oh, Cincinnati. And, Cincinnati. Yeah. And the funniest thing of my life is that the Bills traded out of that pick. They traded back, and everyone was thrilled. In Buffalo. It was, oh, look, they got this big haul from Kansas City. What is Kansas City even doing? <laughs> here's here's what's amazing to me about Patrick Mahomes. When you look at him, you look at him in college, he's he's orchestrating a high-powered offense. Granted, Big 12, they don't play a lot of defense in the Big 12. I, I get all that. But he's he's mobile. He's got the size that people always like to rave about with quarterbacks. Yep. How, how did he fall to 10th? I don't understand that. 
He, he has every, he had everything coming out of college that teams typically always look for. Yeah. He threw 41 touchdowns and 10 picks in 2016. Why does I this mean, not have his 2017 stats for college? I mean, look, I, I well, get he, that I get he that he was play? in the Big 12 and, you know, they don't play a lot of defense in the Big 12, but come on. Like oh, he was in I don't know why it lists Sorry, I'm interrupting you. No, you're fine. It, it, it lists 2017 as it could have been his senior year, right? Is that what that must mean? Well, anyway, so in his last year in college. Oh, yeah, that's why that's there. So it's just like, yeah, he threw for 5,000 yards in 12 games. I mean, come on. like, <laughs> but And not only that, but this is a guy who could have played Major League Baseball himself with yes. the arm. Yeah. You know what's great about Mahomes, too, is his personality is just like A+. plus. Awesome. When he did the Gruden camp, one of the cool things that they showed, which R.I.P. the Gruden camp. Gruden was better at the Gruden camp than he is coaching football. It was my favorite thing, and now it's dead, and that is awful. Um, But he had a conversation with Pat Mahomes where they were just talking, and you could see Mahomes' sort of natural relatability. And when you add a freakish skill set with an ability to listen and apply information and also relate to other people as, as I mean, that's a leadership quality is just yeah. being able to relate to people. And it, at that point I was very much sold on Pat Mahomes and I have the tweet to prove it, man. Okay. This is what's great is that you have the old tweets where you were completely wrong and you're a fool. And there's probably mm-hmm. a few Johnny Manziel ones for me there. <laughs> but uh, with Mahomes, I thought if this guy's not the best quarterback in the draft and, and then, you know, Watson of course was there too, but, that arm from Mahomes, freakish. So they picked John Ross. Now they're going to have to trade him. That's great. Uh, if you want some other ones, some other things that are bouncing around, Josh Sitton, a guard who has been injured routinely. He's Former su- Packer, yeah. supposed to get released by Miami. Uh, Captain Munerlin was released by yesterday. the yeah. Panthers. Yeah. I don't think, I got a few questions about that. I don't think the Vikings would be interested in bringing Captain Munerlin back because they have their nickel cornerback. Mm-hmm. And, I would guess Captain would want to start and not just be a depth guy. And they're kind of already good there. Now, if they were to trade Trey Wayans, maybe it would be a little bit different. But Captain is only a nickel corner. Mm-hmm. and He's just going to play on the inside most of the time. Yeah, if, if only a nickel corner, uh, then that's what Mackenzie Alexander is. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how you would work that out. And plus, Captain and Alexander in that year did not get along all that well. So that was a little bit of an issue. Now, Alexander grew up, and he gets along with people a lot better now, but Mm -hmm. that year it didn't go super well. I don't know if they would want to bring back in that dynamic. All right, coming up next on Purple Daily, the all-quarterback draft. I have the draft order. We are ready to go. We will be drafting NFL quarterbacks to form our quarterback teams. So it is the all-quarterback draft coming up next here on Purple Daily. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com energyaudit energy audit. 
This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup, so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.